In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Mysticism. Hi, Psychic listeners. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. And for this episode, I have back Susie Shock. Susie was back on in episode 78, where we talked about body wisdom. And it is one of the all-time top favorite episodes that you guys like to listen to. So very happy and thrilled that she is back to talk about her book, Stand in Your Truth. We're going to hear a lot more about it. But first, I wanted to welcome you back, Susie, to A Psychic Story. Thank you so much for having me. I just enjoyed it so much last time. I'm very excited to be back. Yes. And so your book is Stand in Your Truth, Seven Sacred Truths to Living a Divinely Guided Life. And that's a roadmap, as you write, about bringing humanity back into balance by raising our personal vibration and that of our beautiful Mother Earth. There's a lot of those messages that are coming through from spirit and source, but I don't want to steal your thunder. So before we get into that, tell us a little bit about body wisdom when we first talked. If Again, if anyone's interested, they can go back and listen to your full story and everything. But it seems like there was a little bit of a premise last time we talked because you had teased the book. It said that you were working on it, and it was through the topic of body wisdom. So maybe you can start there. I would love that. Okay. So body wisdom is essentially your spirit speaking through your physical experience or your inner guidance speaking through your body and your human experiences. And so in the book, it's kind of divided between body wisdom and then divine wisdom and they bridge at the heart center. And so like with body wisdom, I explained in the last episode how my dad passed away from ALS and I was holding on to so much grief. And an experience that I had, I I ended up breaking my sacrum shortly after he died. And I remember going into kind of an altered state when I uh, went to receive some yoga therapy to kind of help heal it. And what came forward in that experience was your body needs to release this grief and it's literally cracking open. And that was my body's wisdom saying, work through this and do what you need to get the help to to get the grief moving through you instead of holding on to it so deeply. And then how did you come about the the book, the name and the title, and started to decide that you were going to write this book? Over the last couple of years, I have been channeling Divine Mother. And I look at her as Mother God, Mother Earth, 
um, this beautiful feminine aspect. And I have been going in, you know, in long, long forest walks and lots of deep meditation with this beautiful vibration. And I've always wanted to write something, but during this time of silence, the contents of the book came forward. And the title is Stand in Your Truth. And what I find in so many of my healing sessions, I'm a clairvoyant healer, is that I'm continually asking people to stand in your truth when they are going through situations where they cannot find their way through it um, or having challenging times navigating it. And so what stand in your truth really means is to know your alignment and your connection to all things, to your soul, to your divinity, to Mother Earth, to humankind. And we do this by remembering the essence of who we are is love. And when we can find that alignment to love, that unconditional love, not as an action, you know, and not as an emotion, but as the essence of who we are, that's how we find our truth. And the book kind of outlines um, seven sacred truths that align with our energy centers. And when you can find alignment in all of these seven things, um, what I find is miracles show up. I love this message so much because it's literally... (laughs) what I receive from my guides and angels. And I say this all the time, be authentic, stand in your truth, be in alignment with your higher self. And then so many people say, well, how, how do I do that? And it's going to be different for each person, but there are principles, there are steps, there are things you can take to do to get you more in alignment with that core part of who you are. And I think, talk a little bit about why that is I think it might be obvious to you and me, but why that's so important of being authentic. I I was seeing the other day, my guides and angels showing me different levels. So let's say you're 100% in alignment with your true self and you're being authentic and you're showing up in every way. And then maybe you're 50% and then 20% and just the different vibrational levels. That's at least how they were explaining it to me about why it's important because when we are the closest to our truth and we're following through with that, whatever that may be. And you said it's not action as much as it's that energy and embracing it. Things just fall into place for us. The universe can work in our favor on our behalf. It just, everything is in flow. And that's what I'm seeing as you were talking, but I'd love to hear from you and your perspective. Well, when I look at standing in your truth, it's really kind of stepping around the egoic self And it's bridging, like I was talking about the body wisdom with the divine wisdom, our human existence with our spiritual existence, and recognizing that they are not separate, but they are one. And when we can stand in that alignment, that's when we can manifest anything and everything. Um, And as I said, the seven sacred truths, when you go through each of the energy centers, you can find an alignment to each one of those. And when they're all working together and they're all grounded I find that you just find such ease to your life instead of resistance. And like I said, the seven sacred truths, they're like a roadmap. And it's kind of this perfect guide to finding your way into synchronicity. And each truth, as I said, aligns with an energy center. Can we talk about those? I would love to. (laughs) I would love to. Why don't we, you walk us through those seven sacred truths, and then maybe we focus on one specifically and go a little bit deeper, but I'll turn it over to you. So please share, what are they? Perfect. So the first sacred truth is divine manifestation, and that aligns with our first chakra. Um, And so when I think of divine manifestation, we are creating um, just a crystalline, beautiful, perfect foundation for all of the other truths to align in. So as I'm going through each truth, 
one builds upon the other, which builds upon the other. And so when you think of a sacred foundation, it's finding our groundedness, not only to our physical body, but to our our spiritual experiences. And it's creating, again, a sacred foundation. And when I look at it, when people are in alignment in their first sacred truth, it's like diamond white light is all around them. And that's what I try to do in the healing sessions is get the person grounded in their body and connected to their divinity. And then, like I said, it's just like this beautiful diamond white light that manifests around them. And so when we are grounded, we create the ability for things to manifest, for things to come forward. And then we move into the second sacred truth, which is divine rebirth. And when I think about that one, it is taking our grounded being and then creating and shape-shifting and birthing new ideas and new experiences. And the title of that chapter is Just Jump. And that's something that I see often in my sessions is that people run around with fear um, about creating and doing something new. And so what I challenge them is to just jump. And I get this imagery of a little frog on a lily pad. And I'm not asking them to jump all the way across the pond. All I'm asking them to do is jump to the next lily pad, look around, create, trust, ground yourself and move forward. And so that brings us into the next sacred truth, which is divine will. And divine will is all about surrendering to the ego, to find your power, to find your alignment, and then take action. So again, the three of them synchronize so beautifully together, manifestation, rebirth, and divine will, because you need all three of them to be working together in order to begin to take that action. And these are all of you know the lower chakras, one, two, and three, um, which align most specifically with body wisdom. And in each of these chapters, in all of the chapters, I begin by describing what the truth is. And then I go into a chapters one, two, and three, very human experiences that I've had, even four, you know, being adopted. I talk about in rebirth, like the most powerful time in my life versus being bullied and how that adjusted who I was at the time and who I am now and how I move through that, continue to create and to continue gosh, to build on divine rebirth. Uh, You know, I was talking about being able to manifest and create. And when I work with my clients, I do a lot of thinking of your most powerful time in your life. And for me, that was when I played King of the Mountain when I was a little girl. I used to run around outside in the summertime and just felt as powerful as possible. You know, with this little clothing on impossible feeling, the beautiful summer air. And I would run around with my brothers And that was just, like I said, one of the most powerful times in my life as a child. And then I moved into junior high and was bullied very badly. And um, when I look at that experience, it really had a lot to do with my self-worth. And then moving through the bullying and meeting one of the best friends of my entire life. And as we move forward into divine will, like I said, surrendering into the ego, um, what I'm talking about in this chapter is losing a dear, sweet friend to an opioid overdose. and really going into a depression during that time and finding that the only way through it was to surrender. And then moving into the fourth sacred truth, which is divine love. In this sacred truth, you are folding into the essence of who you are and finding spirit within. And it's really the bridge between our lower sacred truths and the upper sacred truths, between our human experience and our spiritual experience. And in this chapter, I talk about my dad walking through ALS or walking my dad through ALS. 
and finding grace for myself and finding my way through the grief into this beautiful gratitude at the end of it. Um, And then as we move on, we move into the fifth sacred truth, which is divine transformation. And divine transformation has to do with the throat chakra. And it has to do with um, every single breath that we take transforms not only our physical being, but our ethereal being. When I see breath, what it looks like is millions and millions of um, like rainbow ray particles moving through the body. And so in this chapter, I talk about how you can use the breath to revitalize and transform the body back to its perfection, back to its original self. And then we move into the sixth sacred truth, which is divine wisdom. And this is where you are co-creating your experience, knowing that we are one with each other. We are one with spirit and we are transcending the duality of looking at ourselves as separate, you know, as being human being while in a body and a spirit being when we cross. Um, And the truth is, you know, as we know, there's no separation between the two. And then finally, the seventh sacred truth is divine light. And not only are we one with each other co-creating, we are one with spirit and we are spirit in a human body. And in this chapter, I talk about how um, I had an out-of-body experience, which was incredibly profound. And just understanding what it feels like with the veil lifted, um, but also being present in my body. It was just this serene, extraordinary experience. In the end, the very last chapter, it's called After the Storm. And that is all of these miracles that have come forward for me when I found my alignment within all of these sacred truths. So that is a quick synopsis of all of the sacred truths. Well, I love all of them. And I was getting insights and intuitive hits with each, but I feel really led to maybe talk a little bit more about divine wisdom. Perfect. So divine wisdom is where we transcend the duality of looking at ourselves as human beings or spiritual beings, because we know we are one. And there's a couple things that I really love. Um, this quote by Paul Wellstone, we all do better when we all do better. It's the whole idea of we are not separate from each other. And when my vibration is high, your vibration is going to raise as well. And the idea behind the book is to raise our collective vibration. And it doesn't take that many of us. But this is how I see ourselves getting through all of the things that are happening on this planet right now is by understanding, by raising our vibration, by pausing and going internally and recognizing our beautiful divinity within and the divinity with everyone else on this planet, every creature on this planet. Um, That is how we are going to solve this climate crisis that we're in, how we're going to fold back into ourselves and reinvent and recreate something beautiful out of it. And I know I talk about like a second sight and your second sight is when you turn inward from the external world, right? And it gives you the opportunity when you are going inward to discern and step fully into what you know versus what you believe. And to me, that is a big difference. This inner knowingness, not this belief system that's based in ego, but your inner knowingness that if you're looking at all the truths, they are grounded in truth, they are grounded in love, they are grounded in spirit. And our second sight illuminates the truth in all things. How do we know? So what does it look like for certain people when we say, I I know what it's like for me when I'm standing in my truth and when I feel like it's in alignment? And you probably do. But can we maybe describe or maybe give an example of something where you were just saying the, the ego self versus our true self? 
I think you know when you're standing in your truth because there's an ease to everything. There's a joy to everything. And when ego starts to step in and you slowly step out of alignment, there's a little bit of fear, there's anxiety, there's challenge that comes in your life, indecisiveness. When you are standing in your truth and you are actively using your divine wisdom, there's just this sense of clarity. And like I said, this inner knowingness that is, um, it's super empowering and you find that things manifest very easily for you. In addition to that, divine wisdom also allows you, when you go internal, you hear that internal voice of spirit. And for me, it's recognizing that I am not separate from spirit. You know, spirit resides within my heart center and communicates at all times. It's when we go into that mind chatter that we become separate from that. And anyone and everyone can tap into it. And so what I talk about in this chapter is, you know, developing this divine wisdom. You know, it comes very easily for some people. And when I have my clients on the healing table, we really, we go over how to step around your beautiful, sweet ego and and develop this intuition, this inner guidance and trust in it. Um, And again, when I talk about it, there's no fear involved. You just, there's a sense of expansion. Um, And so what I talk about in the chapter is different ways of developing it. So one is remembering who you are as this beautiful divine being outside of your fleshy body. But, you know, I look at our body as one of the best communicators, and that's where the body wisdom comes in, is that your body is going to communicate, it's going to co-create with your divine wisdom, and you remember, wow, I am this perfect being in this perfect, beautiful body, this perfect, beautiful, miraculous body. And when you can remember those truths and remember who you are, that you are love, that's when the information starts to flow. And then I talk about co-creating. So, and at the very end of the book, I give a very funny story about me understanding the law of attraction and remembering the law of attraction. And co-creating is, it's a giving and a receiving, as we know. So if you want to manifest something, you know, prayer is part of it, but it's not all of it. So it's like, you know, like I think about wanting to grow a tree. You can't just put a seed in a bowl and pray that it'll turn into something. You have to co-create with spirit. You have to love it and give it attention and give it light and give it good soil, you know? So you're thinking about soil and the groundedness, the grounded being. It's creating the environment for something to grow. And again, it's a giving and a receiving and a pausing and a listening, you know, prayer, you're communicating and you're talking. The other half of that is pausing and being still and finding silence to hear the answers because spirit is constantly, as you know, communicating to us. And we so often miss it because we're just too busy. Another way that I really gain good wisdom is being the observer of my dreams. And in the book, I talk about a couple experiences that I had of dreams. I'll tell you one of them very quickly. One of them was, um, I, I was a yoga studio owner for many, many years. And I did everything, you know, and being a small business owner, you know, I did, um, I taught yoga, I did my healing work. I did my IT, I did social media, I even unclogged toilets. <laughs> it was just a lot of work. And it, and it was a 24 seven job because we were open seven days a week. And I remember feeling, um, this feels like pushing a boulder up a hill. And if I stop for one minute, it's going to crush me. 
And so in this dream, I was standing on the side of a mountain and my uncle Chris was standing with me. And my uncle Chris was literally a cowboy. And he's a kind of don't poke the bear kind of man. And the mountain was, there were two paths on the mountain. And one was this really treacherous, windy path to the top of the mountain. The other one was like a super highway that went straight to the top. And he looked at me and he sternly pointed at the rocky path. And I remember thinking, oh, great. So this means that my life is going to be treacherous and difficult and challenging. And that was my belief for a really long time until I sat and paused a few years later and Spirit said to me, could you reconsider that dream? Could you look at it in a different way as the road less traveled? Meaning by taking that windy path, I grew so much as a studio owner and I learned so much about my potential, about how to run a business. By taking it slowly, instead of you know speeding to the top, I created really amazing relationships with my clients. I became the teacher and the healer that I am today. Um, I had great relationships with my instructors. So it was very interesting when I stepped around my beautiful ego and I looked at it in a different way, that there was wisdom to the path that I was taking, taking it slowly. So that was my um, lesson in my dreams. And I tell people, write your dreams down. Get up in the middle of the night if you have one and write them down because there is a message in them. I'm going to go back to it. Next thing I talk about is soul writing. So oftentimes after meditation, I will just write. I will just free write or soul write as I call it. And there's so much wisdom in what comes forward if you, again, just allow it and speak it instead of judge it and say, is this me or is this spirit? The truth is it's both, right? And then the next thing I talk about is there's magic in the pause. And that is one thing that Divine Mother has said over and over and over. We have got to stop doing and trying to fix everything. We need to pause, reflect, um, internalize, and just be. We don't have to be doing, doing, doing all the time. Sitting in presence is probably one of the most important things that I do each day in my meditation is just allowing the communication to flow, but also to just allow the time and space for gratitude for all that we have and all the beauty that's in this world instead of what's wrong with it. Um, and finally, I talk about hitting unsubscribe, meaning all of the content that is constantly coming at us and all of our mind chatter, just unsubscribing from all of that information and going into silence. And so, you know, I spend a lot of time in meditation and doing forest walks to really kind of let that flow through me and release. So those are my tips in that chapter on, on developing your divine wisdom. Well, those are a lot of tips, and I appreciate you sharing all of them. And there was so much that stood out to me. Specifically, there's magic in the pause, which I do want to talk a little bit more about here in a moment. But the other thing that I was getting was when you were talking about divine wisdom, and here are my chills coming right now. It happened a couple times is it's really that inner guidance, at least what I'm interpreting it as, is that inner guidance, call it our intuition, our gut knowing, but there's also this inherent innate wisdom that we have within us from this lifetime, from our alternate lifetimes, from our soul's existence, whatever you want to call it, which is probably why you went with the word divine wisdom, because it goes back to the fact that to your point, we are not separate. We're all connected. And if we tend our own garden 
and we focus on ourselves and shine that inner light and go within and tap into that wisdom, then everything flows versus us trying to look into external situations and circumstances to control them. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think when we go into that pause, we recognize and we feel that connection to all things rather than into judgment of all things. We just, we understand that, wow, we're all walking a road and having our own independent experiences. And rather than go into judgment about why someone shows up the way they show up, it's truly just finding compassion, compassion and love, knowing that we are all one, not only with ourselves, but with spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just keep hearing there's magic in the pause. That's really stood out to me. So what are some other things other than making the decision? I'm going to pause. I'm going to meditate. What are some other ways maybe that people can do either that self-reflection or take a moment in their lives? Is it a daily thing? You mentioned it's daily for you, but any other kind of insight you can share with listeners? Well, I think that finding that pause is different for everybody. So for me, there are days that I can't sit on my meditation mat. I just, you know, for whatever reason, I just can't sit there. Um, And so rather than judge myself and say, you know, you really should be doing it this way. Sometimes I just need to move. I'm a very physical person. So I'll go out and I'll forest walk or um, I just find my, I find my Zen really in nature so if you don't live in a place where you have a forest, go out and walk through the grass barefoot or or do gardening or, you know, I had someone tell me that they find their Zen time washing the dishes or I have another friend who loves to run and um, this sweet client of mine lost both his wife and his son within a year or two of each other and that's where he finds them. He goes out for these beautiful forest runs and he feels them all around him. And his son now shows up for him in the form of a red-tailed hawk. And it's just some really beautiful stories that I hear from my clients on different ways that they find their magic in the pause. And so it can be different for everyone. So the pause isn't literal in the sense that you have to sit down and meditate or kind of clear your mind. The pause is finding like you said, the magic in whatever allows you to connect to your higher self, your spirit team, universe source, whatever you want to call it. Is that what you're describing? Yes. And for me too, I, you know, I love the forest, but you know, sitting in water, like jumping in the lake, anything like that, that just allows you to connect and release all of these heavy things that are going on and you know, just unplugging for a while. I always tell my clients, when you're driving in the car, turn the radio off, turn the podcast off, sorry, (laughs) but just sit in silence for just a little bit, you know, just be with yourself and set aside that time, you know, for the experiences that you want for, you know, when you want to watch TV or you want to listen to music, you want to listen to your podcasts. But balance is the big piece. Why do you have the commotion going on in your life all the time? Is there, what are you afraid of listening to? And step back and be honest with yourself about, are you trying to block things out? Are you, are you afraid of what you might uncover or what, what are you afraid of? I guess is what I ask people a lot of times when you're afraid to go into the pause, there's something that is preventing you from that stillness, from that silence. 
Could it also be, though, that you are just programmed to run that way? Maybe it's also that you're afraid and or you don't want to sit in that pause, but that you've been going, going, going for so long, like a lot of us have. I mean, because I'm also hearing multitask. So it happens a lot with my full-time job. I see it with my team members where we're on a call and we're also working on an email at the same time. And then when we're home in our personal lives as people, we may be cooking dinner and also having that conversation with a spouse or a loved one or getting the kids ready. So it's just, we're constantly multitasking And that pause is giving us the time and the space to energetically just be and be present and not have to be pulled in so many different directions. So I guess that's a long-winded question of asking. It may not just be fear as much as we're just programmed to operate that way and we haven't thought about taking that, that, that time to take a step back and be present. I would so agree with that. And I would also say that our society, it's, it's like kind of crept up on us. You know, I remember when I was a kid, um, we would go outside and we'd play every day outside. We wouldn't sit in and watch TV and, and that kind of thing. And I feel like as society, we're just continually, it's the new normal or it is the normal. And it's almost an addiction that, you know, we feel like if we're not doing a million things at once, there's, there's definitely some self-worth involved in that. And so again, what Divine Mother keeps expressing to me is it may not be comfortable at first by turning things off and stepping inward, but it is the only way that you will connect to your internal guidance system, to your internal wisdom, to your divine wisdom. And so it's asking yourself, what do I want? Do I want to continue on the way things are going right now? You know, uh, the anxiety levels are crazy right now. I, I can't tell you how many clients I see who have um, some pretty significant anxiety disorders. And I believe that that comes from um, doing, 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 doing and wanting to fix. And we as a society, it would serve us well to find what brings us calm. And that's going to look different for everybody. But just pause for a minute and ask what brings you calm. And, and I find when you get people out in nature, you know, as we know from COVID, when people actually spent time with their family and went out for walks and things like that, there was something really beautiful about it. I think there was definitely a lesson to learn from that period in our life. Sunshine, socialization with loved ones and family and friends and activity definitely helps. Yes, absolutely. And I also love what you said about it's going to look different for every single person. And maybe we ask ourselves, what does that calm mean to me? Because calm for me versus calm for you or somebody else may be completely different as well. What does that wisdom look like for you and or feel like? So talking about, we discussed a little bit that alignment with ourselves and feeling that connectedness and and that knowing, but are there other ways that you can share, describe how wisdom may show up? Because again, people are different. So how that would kind of manifest for them? I find that divine wisdom shows up as that little nudge. And I'll give you a really good example that I didn't listen to it. Again, it's like that little nudge, or for me, sometimes it's this little internal voice that's telling me this, that, or the other thing. And so we had a big storm here the other night. Before the storm started, my internal guidance said, you should put the car in the garage. And I thought, ah, it'll be fine. 
and I ignored it. Well, a tree landed on the car and, and totaled it. So the only time that you can really get this internal guidance is just, again, finding that silence. And what it feels like to me is, again, ease. I just, I find the sense of ease and I find a sense of just relaxation when I'm in alignment with my inner wisdom. Does it ever show up urgent? So you say ease, but is it also urgent? Yes, I would say there are times when there's an exclamation point on my divine wisdom. And <laughs> like I said, the tree falling in the car, there was a bit of an exclamation point that I ignored. And the next morning I thought, oh, well, <laughs> at least no one got hurt is what I was thinking. Um, but, you know, yes, there's definitely at times where I also find divine wisdom, it will show up and it'll show up, and it'll show up, and it'll give you the information in different ways at different times. And I don't believe that there's a coincidence to that, you know? So it's listening to those little nudges, um, just like in your body's wisdom. Your body's wisdom is going to give you a nudge, and it'll give you another one, and it'll get louder and louder and louder until you find that you are in a place of dis-ease. Divine wisdom will do the same thing. And but the thing that I find with divine wisdom is that it's patient, it's patient and it's little life lessons that we gain when we don't listen to it. And so instead of thinking, you know, I could have thought, oh, you were so stupid that you didn't put the car in the garage. But instead I thought, oh, okay, this one hurt a little bit, but thank you very much. Next time I will listen. <laughs> Next time I will follow that and I will put the car in the garage. Yes. No, that does hurt. I can feel it for you. Oh my gosh. Uh, hopefully you have insurance. So that was covered there. But I was going to say, I've shared this before. This is a really silly example, but speaking of divine wisdom or what I would say is probably also intuition or that, again, that gut knowing is I tell clients this a couple times or several times actually, is that I went to go get a, a can of ginger ale out of the refrigerator one time and I felt really led, like exclamation point led to get the can in the back not the one in the front. And I was arguing with myself over which one to get. And to the point where I said, Nicole, you have to do what you guide everyone else to do. And that is go with your intuition and go with that inner knowing. So I grabbed the one in the back. And then later when I wasn't so busy, I asked my guides and angels, what the heck was that all about? Why would that have really mattered? It's myself, you know, doesn't matter if I took the one in the front or the back. And then they showed me that the one in the front was dirty and I wouldn't have, you know, wiped it off and I would have gotten sick and or all of these other things. So again, I say to that, whether it was put your car in the garage or grab the can in the back, whatever that is, that is, it also is trusting yourself. And like you were saying, standing in that truth and giving your intuition that confidence, essentially, where you're strengthening and manifesting your intuitive abilities, however that shows up for you. Yes, agreed. And it's just essentially getting out of your own way is, is what I look at it, is trusting and watching the two, your body's wisdom and your divine wisdom coming together into heart center and expressing, this is the truth. We are patient with you. If you don't want to listen now, we'll, we'll continue to give you those nudges. But it's kind of fun, actually. And I challenge listeners out there, when you get that little inner guidance or that inner nudge, do what it says and, and see what happens. See what manifests for you. Because those little nudges come together again when you're in that alignment. Yes, absolutely. All right. So Susie, thank you so much for sharing about your book, 
Stand in Your Truth, and all of the seven sacred truths to a divinely guided life. I thank you for sending me an advanced copy so that I could read it. I love all of the messages that you have and the stories, as well as the exercises, because you use some QR codes that allow people to pick up and do those exercises and those meditations and the yoga things as well. But how can people get your book? When is it available? Um, It'll be available um, probably the first week of November. And you can find it on Amazon. So I will get you the link that people can order from. And I just really appreciate your support. I I feel like if we all can find our alignment and stand in our truth, we will help to really save this beautiful planet that we're on and live just a beautiful life together. Well, thank you for writing it and getting the information and the messages For the first time, having written a book myself, I know how it can be, that whole journey. It can be lovely and painful at the same time. So thank you for putting in the work and having the messages that you've received and and putting them into a form that we all can enjoy and learn and grow from it. So I really appreciate that. Before we share with people how they can reach you, anything else you're feeling led to share? before we close out. I just wanted to share that, you know, in addition to the book, as you said, there's a beautiful message from Divine Mother at the end of each chapter. There's journal questions at the end of the book. There's help and healing, discussion questions, and there's a yoga and meditation class. So there's a link that goes to that as well that goes along with each chapter. Um, So I would love for you to join me there. Love it. Love it. And how can people reach you? Um, you can reach me at Susie at SusieShockYoga.com. That's my email or my website is SusieShockYoga.com. And um, I'm Susie Shock Yoga on Facebook and also on Instagram. And I have a YouTube channel, which you will find out if you buy the book. <laughs> well, awesome. We will be sure to, or I will be sure to include those in the show notes as well. Oh, and one other question I have, because I forgot to ask this one, and I'm feeling nudged by my divine wisdom to ask you this. You have a quote in the book, we are here to be ministering angels for each other, go forth to love each other and serve for the highest and best good of all. I would love to end on that. However. Anything else you want to say about that? What made you include that quote specifically? I first found the quote. It's actually a Shakespeare quote. A ministering angel, my sister shall be. And I am adopted and I found my birth sister. And so we have this really kind of sacred connection. I also have three daughters. And I look at being ministering angels is that we are all here to unconditionally love each other and assist each other all creatures on this planet and just assist and love in light and and help each other elevate so that we can transform this planet and our experience here into something of just a beautiful, beautiful high vibration. So that's what that means to me and for the highest and best good of all. Yeah, so beautiful and such a great message. Thank you for sharing. And thank you again for being back on A Psychic Story, Susie. And again, for those that may not have listened or had a chance to her first episode, Body Wisdom, number 78, go back and listen. It's one of the top, top episodes of all time on a podcast. So I know you guys enjoy it and appreciate you. And thanks again for being on. Thank you so much for having me. This is really nice. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. 
Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional.